Welcome to the Whose Body Is It podcast. I'm your host, Isabella Melvin. In this truly jaw-dropping interview, writer and feminist Genevieve Gluck breaks down the complexities of forced feminization pornography, sissy hypnosis pornography, and its disturbing distortions of what it means to be a woman. So thanks to these warped narratives and hypnotic tactics in pornography, men are finding themselves disoriented and confused about their experience in their own bodies. The result being men becoming bimbos or sissies, AKA humiliated women. Men then subject themselves to fetishizing women's oppression in order to feel womanly as they become sissified and move forward in what's commonly called transitioning. The cycle is detrimental on many levels. And as Genevieve points out, modern technology has made this a problem far too vast to ignore. Now, originally this was recorded for YouTube. So if you are just listening, uh, but want to see the visual component to Genevieve's presentation, you can head over to my YouTube channel. And this is your warning that the content is wildly explicit, disturbing, has mentions of rape, pedophilia, homophobia, sexism, and obviously misogyny. Hey, Genevieve, thank you so much for being here to talk about hypnosissy porn. This content that you're about to cover in this episode is pretty disturbing uh, content, pretty mind-blowing. You'd mentioned earlier that most people don't believe you when you start to tell them about what this stuff is. Um, So would you share a little bit about how this even came into your sphere? Like, how are you a hypnosis porn pretty much like researcher at this point? Um, Well, in the first place, not really anyone was doing it. I mean, there were some forums, uh, for example, on Reddit, there was a forum that, you know, has since been removed in the great purge of feminist forums of Reddit. But there was a forum there documenting it. But in terms of really looking at more than just uh, anecdotal evidence, which is kind of my focus and what I want to be talking about today, there wasn't really someone doing it. Uh, Besides, for example, Sheila Jeffries, who has been covering this for some time now, and she, when she talks about it, there's always that sense of disbelief as well. Actually, I started to look at this because I almost couldn't believe it, you know, and I, I really respect Sheila Jeffries. So knowing that even I was so uh, disturbed and shocked by this. I have been feminist for a while and I couldn't even really uh, wrap my mind around it either. But I do think that women who have seen kind of, I hate to say the word regular, but maybe mainstream pornography would probably be more likely to believe it. I didn't have that background. So I kind of just went into this already being anti-porn 
and um, having that angle. And I think one thing about looking at all of this is how shocking it is, but also there's nothing really like looking at pornography to understand men's point of view about women. And I think it's really, can be a really eye-opening experience for women. Wow. Well, let's, yeah, let's get into your presentation that you, you've so thoughtfully put together. I'm ready. I'm ready to see what you have. <laughs> okay. I just want to preface this by saying that some of this content will of course be distressing. I don't want to cause anyone distress if they're going to be, you know, overly uh, hurt by it. I did do my best to kind of limit some of the more mm, offensive material. So it's mostly focused on like quotes and things from academics for the most part. So yeah. Okay, so the reason I've called this what I have, sissy hypno forced feminization and the fetishization of women's oppression is because sissy hypno is in itself a sub-genre. It's not the uh, main umbrella of the category, which is forced feminization. So sissy hypno is just one aspect. There are a lot of different aspects and a lot of different genres that fall under forced feminization. And of course, the fetishization of women's oppression, women being reduced to pornography. Um, okay, so what is sissy hypno? This comes from an academic named Astor Gilbert, published in Duke University Press last year. Sissy hypno, which promises to transform the viewer into a sissy through hypnosis instructions. FetLife, the online fetish community, defines a sissy as a male-identified person who engages in feminization and sometimes humiliation in order to reach a different emotional or mental state. Sissification and feminization are forms of gender play in which the subject takes on the dress of the opposite gender. But sissy is also claimed by trans women as an identity. In this way, sissy connotes a hyper- feminine presentation, regardless of sex or gender. Uh, he goes on to say that it engages a male viewer by way of addressing them directly within the style of the video as a form of hypnosis featuring calm narration, countdowns, and repeated suggestions to direct the viewer's thoughts. The narrator hypnotist encourages viewers to become a woman through inviting them to identify with the women on screen. Through this process, the video constructs the subject of the sissy as a trans subject. In sissy fetish practices, the man is often humiliated by a female dominatrix who plays out a forced feminization fantasy. Men are encouraged to imagine having sex with other men, but as a woman rather than as a man, as in traditional gay pornography. The viewer begins as a man and undergoes a transformation into a sissy or woman. So they're equating women here with sissy. This is a photo of Astor Gilbert. This is from a university website where he is a PhD student. Um, he attended Columbia College in Chicago. You can see the credentials. This is a serious academic who is in the field of pornography. You can see at the bottom here, Astor's areas of study include porn studies. So that's something that is in universities these days. There are things like porn studies that you can get degrees in and speak about. Astor Gilbert actually spoke at the National Women's Studies Association. 
This is another definition of sissy hypno, again from another academic. This is Andrea Longshu, who published a book called Females, again, trans identifying male. To be sissy is always to lose your mind. The technical term for this is bimbofication. Captions often instruct viewers to submit themselves to hypnosis, brainwashing, brain melting, dumbing down, and other techniques for scooping out intelligence. The gestures most often looped in GIF format almost always register the evacuation of will, wilting faces, trembling legs, eyes rolled back into heads. Even the GIF format itself communicates this, distilling the femaleness to its barest essentials, an open mouth, an expectant asshole, blank, blank eyes. And I guess Andrea Longchu is kind of known among some gender critical feminists these days for having claimed that sissy pornography made him trans. Um, so this is an idea that's kind of been floating around and is being put out there. If you've ever seen sissy porn, you'll know that turning people female is exactly what sissy porn says it does. Also known as forced feminization or forced femme, sissy porn seems to have begun on Tumblr around 2013. This is also important because the proliferation of this content on social media is really an increasing trend. Sissy porn's central conceit is that the women it depicts are former men who have been feminized by being forced to wear makeup, wear lingerie, and perform acts of sexual submission. Captions instruct viewers to understand that the very act of looking at sissy porn constitutes an act of sexual degradation with the implication that whether they like it or not, viewers will be transformed into females themselves. This makes sissy porn a kind of metapornography, that is porn about what happens to you when you watch porn. And I highlighted this because that's something I actually agree with. I agree with Andrea Longchu about this in the sense that um, pornography does have an impact on the way that someone can view themselves. And that's kind of the whole reason why I'm talking about this. Okay, so finally, this is the last quote of Andrea Longchu that I'll be showing you where he basically reduces women to a sex object. He says, at the center of sissy porn lies the asshole, a kind of universal vagina through which femaleness can always be accessed. Getting fucked makes you female because fucked is what a female is. Sissy porn did make me trans. Uh, I feel like this quote is very telling. It, very neatly summarizes what the main premise of sissy porn is, and to a larger extent, what the redefinition of women means according to gender ideology, which is that not even a sex object, but an action of sex, a fantasy of sexual submissiveness. I think if more people were aware of this, there would be a lot more anger, but this is being promoted in academia, so maybe people aren't aware of it for that reason. And Andrew Longchu has presented this idea at several reputable universities in the US. Uh, you can see the titles here, uncritical bottoming. Bottoming, by the way, refers to a sexual position, um, especially in BDSM, for example, you might have a top or a bottom, uh, depending on you know, your preference of position. And this is UC Berkeley, 
Uh, he also presented this at Vassar College, which is traditionally a women's only university. Uh, he was invited there by the feminist organization within the university, uh, UCLA, as well as Columbia. Oh my gosh, he was invited by the feminist organization yes. within yes. Vassar? Yes, a feminist, mm -hmm. yes. That's insane. Yeah, it's really important to not understate the extent to which uh, feminist organizations have been captured by this out of whatever reason, a desire to be nice, or I'm not really sure exactly all of the reasons behind it. So the Human Rights Campaign published this PDF in 2016, which is still on their website. It's called Safer Sex body and in it you can see that women's anatomy is referred to as a front hole. Uh, we use this word to talk about internal genitals which is not even totally anatomically correct but a front hole may self-lubricate depending on age and hormones. To me that feels really passive-aggressive um, but you might also notice that vagina is used to talk about the genitals of trans women who have had bottom surgery. And when this was published in 2016 there were a lot of people who were rightly upset about it but I don't think what they seem to realize is that front hole is a reference to back hole. It's actually being defined as Andrea Long Chu says in reference to the asshole. Um, in order to have a front hole, you have to have a back hole. And also it's not anatomically correct either. The first hole of a woman's body would be the urethra. So it's not even correct. And it has this kind of connotation of pornography in this term as well. So enforced feminization pornography, expanding out you know, beyond just the sissy hypno, there is all of these different genres that you have and every aspect of the female body and experience as well as stereotypes about women can be fetishized. For example, you might have pregnancy pornography, lactation, menstruation, of course, lesbian orientation is commodified, um, puberty, and adolescence, which we can see in the adult baby diaper lovers, which is, you know, you can see online that there's a connection between trans identification and kind of a objectification of adolescence. Becoming physically weaker, uh, becoming emotional, both of which they will say that HRT does, as well as rape fantasies and sex trafficking. So an example of rape fantasies and sex trafficking is the book Whipping Girl by Julia Serrano, which was published in 2007. It was acclaimed as a feminist book. And this is an excerpt from that book. While I never really believed the cliche about women being good for only one thing, I found that that sentiment kept creeping into my fantasies. In my late teens, I would imagine myself being sold into sex slavery and having strange men take advantage of me. Most of my fantasies began with my abduction. I turned to putty in the hands of some twisted man who would turn me into a woman as part of his evil plan. It's called forced feminization and it's not really about sex. 
It's about turning the humiliation you feel into pleasure, transforming the loss of male privilege into the best fuck ever. Important to notice here that humiliation is a common theme among all of this, that being treated as a woman is one of the most degrading experiences you can have and therefore plays really strongly into uh, BDSM uh, fetishes. Here's just a couple of examples of things that are called sissy captions, sometimes called TG captions. The first one is from Instagram and it says, um, I just have to make you like this permanently, uh, throw out all your male things and run to the pharmacy for female hormones. The second one is from Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry for the language of this. Uh, again, this is where the traumatizing part might come in for some people. But basically they're saying that it's their fantasy to be sex trafficked. And a couple more examples of this, which I'm just sharing again, because I think uh, one of the problems I have talking about this issue is people don't tend to believe me. So I thought I'd back this up with a few images from social media, uh, reblog if the thought of being a prostitute turns you on. Uh, you admit that you are a sissy who wants to be pimped out. Um, the second one uses the trans flag colors and says you wanted to be a whore. I paid for your feminization, breast implants, and hormones. So this is not uh, an outlier. Uh, if you search certain terms in social media, you can easily find things like this. So this is relevant to the point that major organizations are promoting what they call sex work, especially using trans rights as the uh, guide or which to do it. CLU is one of the big ones. And you can see here that where it says sex work is real work, they've used the trans flag behind it. They tweeted this other one on the Trans Day of Remembrance. Um, so the push to decriminalize sex trafficking totally is also being done with, you know, trans uh, rights as the justification behind it. This is a quote from Janet Mock, and he's a prominent trans activist in the US, uh, male, trans identified. These women taught me, and here referring to women sex trafficked, but especially um, men who identify as women uh, in the sex industry. These women taught me that nothing was wrong with me or my body and that if I wanted, they would show me the way. And it was this underground railroad of resources created by low income marginalized women that enabled me when I was 16 to jump in a car and choose a pathway to my survival and liberation. So basically teen sex trafficking here being referred to as an underground railroad. An underground railroad of resources? Yeah. For him to use, like, fucking sex tips and beauty tips? I mean... I don't know exactly what's meant by that, but, you know, possibly as in, like, a support network for, for understanding his own internalized female identity, possibly, is what he means there. I suppose, uh, although it should be noted that within the community of trans-identified males who are in the sex industry, uh, often the 
money that they might receive from doing that would go towards things like breast implants, hormones, and so on. So one of the reasons it's promoted is because it allows men to get financial resources to feminize, quote unquote, feminize themselves. And of course, the result of that is you have publications like Teen Vogue promoting sex trafficking towards children. This is a trans activist in the UK, Monroe Bergdorf, who also promotes the decriminalization of the sex industry. Uh, just want to say that, you know, personally, I do think it is beneficial to decriminalize women who are trafficked, of course, but that's not the issue. The issue is calling for full decriminalization, which would basically legalize the exploitation of women, uh, legalize as an industry pimps and johns, basically. So I don't support full decriminalization. And within the trans activist movement, full decriminalization is the only stance you're allowed to have. This is Cecilia Gentili from New York, uh, lead chair of Decrim NY, which calls for full decriminalization of the sex industry. So just wanted to give some examples there that within all of this gender ideology, the only acceptable position on sex trafficking is to make it uh, legal, to allow it. I think there may be some connection there with the whole idea that stigma is what kills women, since they're very uh, large, or I should say very uh, actively promoting ideas that stigma is the problem rather than male violence. You can't use correct sex pronouns because that would cause a stigma and then that stigma would lead to them being murdered, which, you know, you can argue, you can make a strong case that that's, that's not what's happening. Uh, for example, a lot of the murders of males who identify as trans are actually a result of the sex trafficking industry that they promote. According to the Trans Murder Monitoring Project, 62% of those killed between 2008 and 2017 were quote unquote sex workers. Um, the next information here is a study showing that women involved in street prostitution are 60 to 100 times more likely to be murdered. So it's inherent to the industry. I can't really understand why trans activists would promote the sex industry, given that so many who identify as trans are killed as a result. So a couple of weeks ago, this American author, Tori Peters, was nominated for a UK Women's Prize in Fiction. Taking a closer look at what this person writes, um, here's the first novella that Tori Peters wrote, which is available for free on Tori Peters' website about a young sissy who must choose between her internet fantasy of forced feminization or the difficult reality of transition. So 
This basically follows a masker convention. For those who don't know, masking is when men put on silicone bodysuits or face masks to resemble women and engage in sex acts pretending to be a woman. This is a quote from the book that was nominated for the Women's Prize. It didn't win the prize, it's just been nominated along with 15 women. I, it helps that I grew up watching trans porn. I watched way more trans girls getting fucked than cis women. So I think I internalized the idea of trans women with cocks as the hottest, most feminine women out there. So Detransition Baby, just to quickly summarize, just really quickly, is about two men who identify as trans. One of them detransitions, de impregnates a, women, a woman. One of the men in the book explains his desire to raise a child by saying that women without children are considered silly little whores and that he no longer wants to be perceived as a silly little whore. This is another quote uh, from the earlier book I mentioned, The Masker. This one was not the one nominated for the prize, but you can see that it glorifies violence against women as being inherently a feminizing experience. Quote, he slapped me as I had seen women slapped in movies. He could treat me as a vulnerable woman. The thought turned me on. His slap had been the most feminizing thing that had ever happened to me, the most pure forced feminization of my life. And last quote, this again is from The Masker, the first novella, which I highlight show the distinction here that really that what this is is taking the cross-dressing uh, lifestyle or uh, activity, turning it into a form of identification and making it a full-time experience. Why can't I just let my cross-dressing be a fetish? Why does my particular fetish have to take such precedence that I change my whole life, my whole body, just to accord with it? This is an image from Twitter, from a trans-identified account on Twitter. Uh, it's... So this, the reason I'm showing this is because it's really important to understand that... Um, those who identify as sissy are not really that different from transgender. And I, I want to be careful in saying this because I know that, you know, some people will find a lot of what I'm saying to be offensive, but <laughs> um, the, for all intents and purposes, there's no way for anyone to know a difference between someone who has good motivations and someone who is sexualizing women's oppression and they will take hormones. In some cases, they even eroticize the injecting of estrogen as part of a sexual experience. And for example, a couple of examples of this, hormones make you soft, make you curvy, give you female emotions, whatever that means. And uh, another quote here from someone on Twitter saying, that watching trans girl porn made them want to start HRT. Um, a couple more of these kinds of things, uh, just to further back up what I'm saying, uh, anyone who's interested in this or thinks that I'm 
overstating this, uh, is welcome to conduct their own searches. There's an abundance of evidence like this. So for example, more evidence on social media, Instagram hashtags related to this have, these are all numbers of thousands of posts. So forced feminization has 40,000 posts on Instagram. All of these other uh, referred to hashtags are related on the same topic. Facebook groups, or I'm sorry, Facebook pages uh, also exist with followers in the tens of thousands. Uh, these are harder to track due to a lack of hashtags. Um, they're just harder to find, but in general, you know, they are out there. Sometimes they'll be under a uh, BDSM mistress name, for example, making them harder to find. And Reddit is just a flood in these. I, I couldn't even count. There were so many, <laughs> and the majority of them are, are classified as not safe for work, so involving pornography. I mean, the extent to just how many of these there are on Reddit it was really shocking to me. Uh, you can just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and see all of these communities, um, yeah in the hundreds of thousands, I put at the top here traps. So I should probably explain that a trap refers to uh, a man who passes as a woman so convincingly that um, even a straight man would want to engage in sexual practices with them. There's also audio. These can be found on YouTube, SoundCloud, basically any any site where you would have audio. Um, this is where the hypnosis part really comes in. Uh, so it will incorporate audio files claiming to brainwash male listeners. Uh, the example I'm using here is called Bambi Sleep, um, which has got the tagline Deep Bimbo Erotic Hypnosis and says, Bambi Sleep is for anyone that wishes to become a sexy bimbo girl. The files are not specific to what gender the listener is. However, it's pretty clear to me, I think pretty obvious that this is targeting men. And this is a description from the website. Um, Bambi loves to wear high heels, tight clothes, and perfect makeup. Left to her own devices, she will alter her body with large implants and lip injections. I actually listened to one of these on YouTube and, you know, they go on for hours. The one I was listening to goes on for two hours. I couldn't listen to the whole thing. Uh, it really is done in the format of hypnosis with counting down, repeated mantras. And I do wonder if the mantras in transactivism refer back to this type of mm, Hypnosis, pornography, both. So just as an example of how lucrative this can be, Bambi Sleep currently has 674 subscribers who pay at least $5 a month. So whoever creates this content is earning at minimum $3,300 each month from it. Um, 
So within all of this is the misogyny, the idea of woman as a sex object, but especially being degraded as a woman, humiliated as a woman. A common theme that I've seen in looking at this is uh, these men being turned on by being objectified, by being the object of misogyny, experiencing misogyny. And yeah, I think it plays really well into the argument that trans activists support the sex industry because it, it actually validates their idea of what women are and what they are for. There are also all of these kinds of erotica and manuals that you can find on major bookseller sites, including Amazon, which recently banned books critical of gender ideology, and also on Walmart. The title of this one is Feminization from Alpha to Sissy Due to His Inadequate Sized Manhood. Uh, that's another theme or subgenre, I should say, where if the man has anxiety about the size of his genitalia, um, then he needs to transition. And part of the excitement is being made fun of, mocked, humiliated, and exposed as having a mm, <laughs> having an inadequate size manhood, I guess. <laughs> And uh, this is one that's found on Amazon, Sissy Cult, First Time Feminization, Transformation, Sissification. The author's name is Jane Futa, which Futa is also another type of transgender pornography. This is a manual of forced feminization found on Amazon. And I really wanted to highlight this for the language that it uses, which is language found in the quote-unquote manosphere or incel language, basically. If you continue to live as a beta male, you will be destined to a life of celibacy and sadness. When you become a girl, you'll have lots of sex. All girls do. The real mark of anyone who truly admires female beauty isn't simply a desire to possess it to have a girlfriend or a wife, to have sex with a woman. Your love is greater. You want to become a woman yourself. There is nothing wrong or even unusual about this desire. And thanks to modern technology, it's increasingly possible to make your dreams come true. It goes on to say, in fact, a great transition is taking place in our larger culture as well. Beta males are becoming softer and more feminine while women are becoming more assertive and confident in our sense of sexuality. I really can't blame you for being jealous. I wouldn't be happy as a beta male either. You probably get rejected by girls all the time, all while you are forced to watch them on dates with alpha males. And you know that they are having lots of amazing sex, the kind you will always be denied, or you'll be forced into a life of humiliating celibacy unless you accept your fate as a sissy. So yeah, again, pointing out the alpha male, beta male language, which is seen within incel rhetoric on forums such as Chan. So there's not a lot of research about what I call the trans to OnlyFans pipeline. However, just anecdotally from looking at social media accounts, it seems to be an increasing phenomenon 
uh, transgender porn is increasing in popularity and in 2018 was ranked the fifth most popular search. I believe that this is causing a feedback loop of porn addiction and then entering the porn industry and becoming the content creator, becoming the pornography. And I do think that this is why the mantras of the transgender activism, such as trans women are women, sex work is work, and don't kink shame, they all have a similar vibe to them. Uh, you'll see the same kinds of people supporting all three of these uh, mantras or ideas. Many who oppose gender ideology argue that it reduces women to an embodiment of gender stereotypes, but I believe the truth is far worse. Gender ideology reduces women to pornography. For many, gender identity is BDSM, rebranded as a full-time lifestyle. Women's humanity is stripped away. Our lives are flattened to a fantasy of sexual submissiveness. Through gender ideology, women's existence, our bodies, and our experiences are broken down into parts for men to fetishize. One of the biggest problems with this, of course, for women is not only the erosion of the definition of women, but the fact that these men are dangerous. Um, being men, you know, of course, people say not all men. That's something that I really find frustrating because the concern here is far greater than men's feelings. This is from a study published in 1989 called The Presumptive Role of Fantasy in Serial Rape Homicide. Quote, fetishism and transvestism are more often associated with sexual aggression than other paraphilias. 88% of the fetishists also engaged in either sadomasochism or transvestism. Sadomasochistic fantasies may be premonitory signs of extreme dangerousness, including sexual murder. Not only is transvestism associated with other paraphilias, but it may go hand in hand with violent sexuality, end quote. So on this note, I want to refer listeners to the website womenarehuman.com as well as transuk.com, both of which track uh, crimes committed by those who are regarded under the trans umbrella um, Stonewall UK, for example, defines trans as including cross-dressers, cross-dresser being the more slang or casual term for what's called transvestism. Sissy Hypno differs from mainstream pornography in that it addresses the viewer and gives instructions, deliberately wielding the power of the medium in an attempt to alter one's self-identity and encourage dysphoria. Multiple studies across decades have demonstrated a correlation between pornography viewership, sexist attitudes towards women, and increased instances of violence and sexual assault. The regions of the brain activated by pornography are the same regions activated as though one were actually engaging in intercourse due to the brain's mirror neurons. Marco Iacoboni, a professor at University of California, Los Angeles, proposes this is why pornography has a strong impact on our minds, including the potential to encourage violent behavior, saying, quote, the mirror mechanism in the brain also suggests that we are automatically influenced by what we perceive, thus proposing a plausible neurobiological mechanism for 
contagious violent behavior, end quote. So this is my, these are my words now. Uh, recent studies have shown that pornography can hijack the brain's dopamine reward center. As pornography results in sharp outbursts of dopamine, the brain develops tolerance to the content, requiring more shocking media to elicit the same thrill. As a result, pornography can lead to sexual dysfunctions and depression. In addition, there is some research to suggest that consuming pornography can lead to body dysmorphic disorders and in particular, penis dysmorphia among men. Given that gender dysphoria is a type of BDD that is characterized by unease with primary and secondary sexual characteristics, it follows that pornography can distort self-perception and reasonably be assumed to induce gender dysphoria rather than simply drawing it out as a pre-existing condition. It used to be taken as undisputed fact that the media we consume can shape our minds and behavior. Yet as our lives become ever more media saturated, our ability to think critically about its impact on identity and selfhood have been constrained and often reduced to individual rather than societal observations. We must therefore consider the recent extreme popularity of claiming a transgender identity as connected to the tremendous rise in online streaming pornography and its accessibility. The phenomenon and trend is too great to ignore. And I just want to end this with a quote from J.K. Rowling, uh, which I thought was really nice and inspiring. Um, her words and her bravery on this issue have been inspiring for a lot of women who have vocalized concerns through various means, uh, for example, on social media in order to support her. So she's brought a lot of awareness to the issue. She says, quote, I refuse to bow down to a movement that I believe is doing demonstrable harm in seeking to erode woman as a political and biological class and offering cover to predators like few before it. Thank you, Genevieve, for that really thorough explanation and evidence and the fundamental disturbance really, you know, for me in all of this is the woman as humiliation, you know, beyond woman face, beyond woman as high heels and dresses and, you know, stereotypes, but woman as humiliation, woman as a receptor for penetration, um, the front hole, I mean, all of it, it's, it's just vile. You had mentioned the masking that also is kind of sticking with me. That is the first time I've heard of masking. So, so this is men putting on silicone bodysuits that resemble their version of a woman mm -hmm. to be then fucked by other men. Yes or to engage in practices that they see as degrading. They might dress up, for example, as a sexualized French maid and clean the house because they believe, I don't know, it's got to do with being seen as a servant or a slave, a sexual slave. Um, there, these, these kinds of things are available as well on major websites such as Amazon. Um, 
selling, you know, they have different parts, like a, a part for breasts where you, you put it on like a vest. Um, you can get the full full body suit, which goes up to the neck, and then you get the mask on top. Um, they'll have anatomically correct uh, ones as well. Um, hearing about that was kind of what really disgusted me in the first place. That I, I'm sorry to say that now that that's the least shocking thing for me, <laughs> to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a, if anyone's interested, there was a documentary about them done by Vice a couple of years ago. And it, it just kind of goes lightly into it. It doesn't really go into the sexual aspect of it that much. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I find that it's interesting you bring up Vice because I feel like they have a lot of trans propaganda you know, oh, yeah. they'll, they'll cover these like really complex issues, but at a very surface level and in a very romantic way. Like I remember they did an episode on vaginoplasty uh, and labiaplasty and just interviewed women who were, are porn stars. Uh, and it was just covered in like such an apathetic way with no, like any kind of formal critique and certainly not from like a feminist analysis, a radical feminist analysis. So it's interesting that, you know, that the conclusion that I've come to is that they're really just normalizing crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they have, uh, well, apart from the issue of, of you know, trans capture in media, just in general, the saturation of society with pornography you know I mean these don't even have to be men who identify as women to be supporting pornography of course but there are trans identified writers for vice that I have seen complaining about things like buying panties you know which I think there was one of those articles that came out sort of I think it was at the beginning of the pandemic last year and so there was a little bit of pushback like why are we talking about this right now, you know, oh, how difficult it is for me to find panties that, you know, accommodate me. And to, to write a whole article about that is, yeah, like you said, they won't go in depth on issues about things that really impact women, but they'll give a lot of attention or go in depth about, you know, panty shopping, for example. Right. It's like the, the clickbait the stuff they know people want to watch, but don't want to work too hard to have to contemplate the kind of misogyny that we live under. Yeah. Wow. So what I'm hearing in your presentation is that you believe that perhaps the hypnosissy porn is like the origin of the hypnotic mantras that the trans community is spewing which is really interesting because up until this conversation i've been thinking about it as a particular strategy to target straight men but as a kind of compartment within this whole thing but but what you're saying is that it, it the function is actually much stronger that it is like it is the the kind of the mecca of all the the mind control on some level yeah, so 
I can't really put a pin on it, you know? I, it, it's something I speculate. So I just want to clarify that I don't have any, I don't think there would even be any like hard way to measure that. I wouldn't know how to start, but I just speculate because the mantras of the activism are so similar to the kinds of things that are said in the porn. For example, they might say, you are a woman and you have always been a woman. Right. And like what they say to children. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like repeated like over and over and over and it's like drilled into your head. And then, mm. and you know, these men will like get sexually aroused by believing it, by imagining it. And so I feel like it's really kind of a glue towards the activism. And in a sense, you know, it's more than gaslighting. <laughs> it's more than gaslighting women, gaslighting society. It's actually serving to kind of hypnotize people in the same way that the pornography does. Speaking of, of hypnosis, I, I recently posted a photo of myself uh, in D.C. in front of the monument um, holding up a sticker that said uh, trans women are men and most have a penis. One of those like neon green stickers that uh, comes from Standing for Women um, from Posey Parker's yeah platform. Um, and a lot of the comments were from but men and women with just one line, trans women are women, trans women are women, trans women are like over and over and over. And it's like, what do you even do with that? And of course, like all the radical feminists on my page were coming in there and saying, but they're not, they're men. Um, but it was, it was really fascinating to, to kind of see who was coming out of the woodworks to just do their due diligence and just say the line. Yeah. Just to have it out there. Yeah. Call it virtue yeah, signaling, I, call it mind control. But it was, yeah, it was really fascinating to sit back and just watch it kind of bam, 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 bam. I, uh, I have a little bit, a little bit of a background in university in looking at advertising. And so this all kind of reminds me of like slogans that are used uh, in advertising. People will, if you hear something often enough, you just won't like question it anymore. It just becomes associated in your mind. Uh, on an aside from that point, I think it's really telling that pornography is one of the only types of media that seems to escape criticism. I mean, you know, advertising is a billion dollar industry because it changes people's behavior. <laughs> So why is it that we can criticize Hollywood films for their lack of representation, but we can't talk about pornography as changing people's behavior or thinking, you know? You can't be what you can't see also can be flipped to say that you can become what you see. So anyway, I think about that in terms of advertising as well and how much of this might be related to lifestyle branding, for example. Um, yourself, your body becoming the advertisement for a way of life, for an ideology, um, monetizing of the self, especially through OnlyFans or Instagram, where you're an influencer, you know, you, you get um, monetary gain from uh, transforming yourself or becoming like a social media star and then getting sponsorships um, 
So your body then becomes the product selling things for other companies. You know, of course, that's not only limited to this issue, but I think about that in terms of this issue and reasons why, for example, men might want to uh, feminize, as they say, and, you know, really get out there on Instagram, uh, compete with women in pornography as they're doing. Do these sissified men have a higher currency within prostitution? Hmm. You know, I don't know if there's any research on that. I don't know if that's the case. I know that in, in the pornography industry, uh, they tend to be higher paid, yes. Pornography is one of those industries that is one of the very few industries where women typically have received much higher pay than men. All right, so there's very few industries where that's the case. Most of them are limited to things like caring, caring industries, for example. However, pornography is one that's consistently been where women will be paid double what men are paid, right? Which tells you a lot about our worth. But now you can see with transgender porn increasing, it's a highly profitable industry because it's niche. And pornography desensitizes you. So it has to become more and more niche, right? In order to encourage the viewership. So the currency that you're suggesting, I think, does exist, but within pornography. In terms of prostitution, I really can't speak to that. So We could assume it's probably akin. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, that Patreon that you shared, the, the Bambi, was it the Bambi Sleeps Patreon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that really highlights, too, just that this is a complete industry. So, you know, speaking to like the vastness of this issue, have you come across support groups for these men? Have you interacted with any of these men who are either deep in the hypnosis or are trying to escape and, and quit and come out? Um, I'm curious about that because I know they're out there. You know, when I had Angela on who shared her story about her, you know, her ex uh, coming out as a quote unquote woman um, and his hypnosis porn addiction, like there were dozens of men kind of commenting and emailing me in, in somewhat desperation. Uh, and so I wonder like where, what happens to these men are they just kind of like stuck in the stratosphere living these double lives like are we going to be seeing more and more like autogynophiles just like normalized i mean uh so two things first is i think there are men who are trying to escape this they don't have a lot of uh, it seems to me anyway that they don't have a lot of ways to connect with each other. So I have seen on social media some groups for them, for example, Reddit. There is a subreddit called TG and Sissy Recovery, which has about 7,000 members. And I've read some of the posts in there. I myself do not ever interact on Reddit, um, but I have read some of the things that they have said, uh, you know, about wanting their life back. Um, 
they will basically anecdotally testify that it did work on them or work or, you know, impact them. Um, and they'll give each other support trying to escape that. Uh, I'm sorry to say I don't have much time, you know, to kind of personally interact with men who are struggling with this because I, you know, I'm not a professional, <laughs> that's not my job, but I feel like they should definitely have the support that they're looking for. And then also, is it safe to assume that most have watched a lot of hypnosis porn? Men who self-report this are giving you their own story, right? So you can't, I don't, you can't justifiably use that for like statistical data because it's self-reported evidence. Um, I do think it's not relevant whether they have or haven't because of the extent to which pornography shapes how women are viewed in society. I think it's become unfortunately impossible to escape it's everywhere. It's in advertising. It's in, it's joked about on TV shows that are for families. I've seen, you know, like they'll joke about porn use on, you know, Netflix TV shows for that are rated as, you know, being family friendly. So I think it's irrelevant whether or not a man is even using this type of pornography or using pornography at all. I don't think it matters because we're soaking in it. We are literally bombarded with the message about what women are for all of the time. And so there, I think even potentially, you know, the, how should I say, autogynophiles, I guess, as you said, who, who say that they've never watched pornography, I don't think that's relevant um, anymore. I think maybe in the past that might have been something worth looking into, but now I don't think it's yeah, we can't, it's everywhere, you know? Yeah. Well, I want to ask you, you know, why do you do this research? Why do you continue to devote your time and energy, you know, to exposing what's going on, this really dark, dark, disturbing part of, of our world? Well, like I said before, not many people want to do it. <laughs> I've always been the kind of person who uh, will do things that I think if they need to be done, if I see a need for it, that maybe other people wouldn't really want to do. Um, I think it's imperative for women to discuss the impact of pornography in general. I think that this is one branch of it, and I believe that this is one method in which our rights are being taken away because of pornography. Um, of course, it's one of the most controversial examples at the moment. I think even just discussing things like Pornhub is a bit safer um, because anyone can see that what's going on on Pornhub is wrong, I would hope. <laughs> um, but a lot of people on this issue will say, uh, you know, let people do what they want. It's the privacy of their own home or whatever, like when it comes to these kinds of practices. But 
that's again that's not the case anymore and that's not relevant the privacy of our own home is where we're streaming content like this right now you know we have immediate access to the entire world from the privacy of our own home talk about like like grooming children into this ideology just can easily be done from the privacy of someone's home so um, the laissez-faire attitude of let people do what they want really should also be examined in this whole discussion um, because it's not that simple. It's not that simple anymore. Well, where can people listening find more about your work, how to support your work, where can they go to find your writing? Sometimes I write for Feminist Current. Uh, sometimes I write for Graham Linehan's uh, Substack. I'm just kind of like all over the place, but for the most part, I'm on Twitter at Women Read Women. And I have a podcast which is called Women's Voices. Mostly it's getting other women on to talk about issues like this. Um, sometimes do interviews, sometimes discuss news. Um, so it's a, a kind of variety of things. I actually had called it that because at the start, uh, it was me and a few women reading feminist texts. So it was like women reading other women. And then that kind of devolved into, you know, spreading out into news stories and interviews. Amazing. Well, Thank you so much, Genevieve, for shedding light on this really gross thing. I mean, I don't know how else to, to describe it. It's, yeah, I really feel strongly that we need to bring the darkness into the light. It's the only way. And it's, yeah. So I really appreciate you doing this work and for women and girls. And so thank you. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support my work, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To stay in the loop for my latest coaching programs, hypnosis sessions, free resource guides, and more, follow me on Instagram at whosebodyisit and visit my website, whosebodyisit.com. <laughs>